There is a battle going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk starts now. And good evening and welcome. I'm Debbie George Addis. Thanks so much for tuning in to America Can We Talk. Welcome to my show and to tonight's first five. I want to talk tonight about something in this opening five that happened this past week, which was that Congressman Jim Jordan, a Republican in Congress from Ohio, announced that he is running, formally announced that he is running for Speaker of the House. I want to talk to you about why that is so significant and what I think all of us should try to do about that. To start with, the Speaker of the House just means in the United States Congress, you know, we have a right now the Republicans have a majority and uh, somebody is in charge of that majority uh, within the U.S. House. And that person's title is Speaker of the House. It's it's in the Constitution. It's it's important. And Speaker Paul Ryan, he's currently Speaker of the House. He's announced he's stepping down. So the House caucus, meaning the Republicans in the U.S. House, get to choose their next speaker, their next leader. The reason this job is so important is in part because the Speaker of the House is the symbol nationally of the Republicans in the U.S. Congress. Whenever ever any big story happens, the Speaker is among the main people that the media goes running to and tries to say, hey, you know, Speaker Ryan, Speaker Boehner, what do you think? So they are a, a pivotal figure representing Republicans to America. Number two, they have great power within the caucus, within the the Congress itself, the U.S. House. And so, uh, you know, the previous speaker was John Boehner, who was literally drummed out uh, by conservatives because he simply never, ever would stand with the Republican agenda, simply wouldn't do it, was just a, you know, uh, worse than establishment guy. So now we have Paul Ryan. There's a lot of excitement when he took on this job. Um, he is stepping down. So I guess there's no reason to jump up and to, you know, dance on the grave, so to speak. But there is, he did not, he, many conservatives felt abandoned the conservatives in the country. So now we're in a place in 2018, we have Republican majority in the House, Republican majority in the Senate, we have the White House, and many conservatives around the country are looking at Washington and saying, why isn't the Congress on board with the president? Why doesn't the Congress vote this agenda that cause Trump to win the presidency. Why don't we see it happening in Washington? So Speaker Jordan, okay, that was a little, I hope that was, uh, you know, kind of a Freudian slip. He's going to become that or a prescient thing. But Congressman Jordan is within the United States Congress, one of the founders of the Freedom Caucus. He's been very outspoken, very vocal, very clear, very ardent about the idea that the FBI and the Department of Justice simply are not going to get away with what they apparently pulled during the 2016 presidential election, where our tax dollars were paying the FBI, Department of Justice, to, it it appears, and and it's nearly certain now, to both uh, completely exonerate Hillary Clinton let ignore her law breaking and on top of that turn the efforts turn the efforts uh, and the money and the power of the federal uh, the federal national intelligence agencies the FBI and Department of Justice on a mission to try to destroy President Trump because they didn't they didn't want him to win and once he won they didn't want him to be able to be effective and a, a remarkable political coup happening inside FBI Department of Justice 
Congressman Jim Jordan has been very strong, very firm about what has to happen, uh, which is all of the people involved have to actually disclose the documents that they have been uh, they've been hiding from Congress. They have to actually answer questions and people may need to be held criminally liable. So Jim Jordan is a strong conservative leader. And you know that expression, I think it came from the military, I'll guess, but that expression about, you know, you're over your target when you're taking fire, meaning, you know, the enemy doesn't bother shooting at someone who can't hurt them. The enemy shoots at people who can hurt them. Jim Jordan has been under vicious attack by the Democrat media mob over this uh, alleged uh, conduct back when he was a a, a wrestling coach at Ohio State decades ago. You know, everybody, the, the and he's not accused of any wrongdoing, except that he allegedly knew or should have known that the team doctor was was um, sexually harassing um, or sexually assaulting some of the members of the Ohio State wrestling team. He says, you know, decades later that the abuser guy is long gone, killed himself in 2005. There's, I mean, this is just a witch hunt or, as they say, he's taking fire because the Democrats and the media which are synonymous often, do not want him to be speaker. They recognize he'd be a speaker that would stand up and they don't like it. So this I will tell you my, my, on this uh, this choice that has to be made by – we don't get to vote on it. The only people who choose a speaker are the members of the U.S. House. Assuming the Republicans hold on to the majority in the House, the Republicans will choose a speaker of the House. The other person running is Kevin McCarthy, the other declared person, Kevin McCarthy, another, you know, Boehner – Ryan, uh, you know, (laughs) not effective, not serious conservative leader. Here's what I want to tell you to take home. This is a decision the the Congress, the members of Congress make, the Republicans have to make. It is a test of whether they know what time it is in America, whether they understand that the voters in this country want a Speaker of the House who is going to move forward the Republican agenda that caused President Trump to win the election, or are they going to go for another person who just plays the Washington games? More on this when we come back. I'm Debbie Georgettis, America Can We Talk. If you're on Facebook Live, come right back in four minutes. Be right back. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. 
The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with Five Talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F-I-V-E talents.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. You know, I just love the music on this show. I comment almost every week, but that music and the words of it are exactly what the show is all about. People in Washington are supposed to be representing the people. They're supposed to be representing we the people, and they should be hearing our messages, our voices, and, and on every issue. And and many of them do. People, you know, we're in a, in a midterm election year. The members of Congress, the US, everyone's up for re-election, the whole Congress every two years. In the Senate, about a third of them are up every time. Some senators are up this time. And they're, so they're coming back to their uh, their home state, their constituency, their district if they're in Congress. And they're, they're trying to talk to their to their constituents. And so this is a great time. The Senate is still in session because they have been misbehaving. And so McConnell's keeping them up there. But the House members are home now, I think. Most of them are. And it's a great time that they're coming home to talk to them, to go to their town halls, 
to call their offices to weigh in. So I want to say a couple more words about Jim Jordan, and I, I really do mean it. I feel like this is a bit of a lit- litmus test for the members of the U.S. House, the, the Republican caucus in the U.S. House. Assuming the Republicans uh, retain the majority in the U.S. House, which I've said before in the show, I do think they will. I think the Republicans will hold the House and the Senate, um, and so, but we'll see. But if the Republicans do and they have to choose a speaker, the choice is not just a very nice man from California named Kevin McCarthy and a very nice man from Ohio named Jim Jordan. The choice is uh, between someone who just keeps playing the establishment games, keeps mouthing the right words and slogans and symbols when he goes home, but doesn't get to Washington and fight for those values. And if you have watched in this last, since President Trump became president, or even during his campaign in 2016, the American left is on fire to attack and undermine and in any way they can denigrate and harm President Trump. The agenda he ran on was way past just the traditional Republican, well, let's you know, low taxes, minimum regulation, you know, uh, strong military, kind of the, the Republican mantras. He ran on a very clear, unique agenda of restoring America's greatness, restoring America's place in the world, restoring the feeling within America and our culture and society of the of a pride in the greatness and the exceptional nature of America. And that's what his agenda is. That's what he's doing as he moves forward in his uh, presidency. And this has drawn fire because when he talked about drain the swamp, that was not just get rid of a few extraneous people in Washington, and it wasn't just talking about uh, the opposite political party. It wasn't talking about just Democrats. It was the whole feeling of removing a ruling elite encrusted class of people in Washington who come home to their constituents, say they're going to do things, swear they promise they really do mean it, they're going to do it, and they don't ever move that conservative agenda forward. That's part of the swamp. The people who are just undermining things in Washington, the people who think they really rule Washington, what you really saw in this whole, it is even possible, impossible to think of a, you know, fill in the blank, blank gate Whatever you want to call it, Mullergate, Feisagate, Comeygate, uh, you know, I mean, Russian dossier gate. It is just a massive problem in Washington, and it is a, a symbol of the willingness of people in the FBI, Department of Justice, as in this example, but the broader example of people in Washington, been there too long, think their job is to run America and not listen to the people, not honor their choices, not follow through in the agenda. So Jim Jordan, in addition to announcing he's running for Speaker of the House and haven't been one, and, and as I say, he is uh, clearly over their target because he's taking fire big time, but among the things he did in announcing that he was going to run for speaker is he he wrote a letter to his fellow um, Republicans. I'm not going to read the whole letter. If you go to our website, americachemitalk.org, I think it's up there. If it's not, it will be. Um, but he wrote a letter to his colleagues essentially saying, in addition to wanting to run, he said, to be speaker, he said, we need to do the Trump agenda. He said, he's, he, was, he essentially talked about, you know, President Trump is doing his agenda and we're not helping. We Republicans, we have the majority. We're not doing the agenda. We're not doing what we promised. So he talked about in making changes in terms of actually, you know, build the wall, actually make 
based. And I don't know if he mentioned immigration, but that'd be one of the changes, not just, you know, nibble, nibble around the edges of the immigration system, but actually fix the immigration system, readjust the priorities of our visa applicants and our refugee status to keep America safe, to, to keep America's economy strong. He just talked about, he also talked about, you know, we, we, have to do more than just perpetuate the agenda or support the agenda. We have to change the way we do things here in Washington. We have to, and he talked about the, um, the, the feeling that the uh, people in, that he's want known for having bold, decisive action, but other people, uh, they, they want to have the system as usual. He wanted to change the way they, they nominate and, and select committee chairs. He wants committee members to be people of merit who belong on those committees and not the ones, he didn't say this, it's my words, you know, not the people who've paid their political dues so they get to choose their committees. Put people on the committees who are competent and passionate and willing to work hard. He's really talking about shaking up Washington. So uh, I urge you again, if you want to do this, if you look into Congressman Jim Jordan, recognize there's a lot of negative publicity about him because mainly because he's talking about listening to the people and and change where they do business in Washington. So uh, Jim Jordan running for speaker. I'm thrilled, obviously. Hope you are too. Also wanted to just in this segment mention that Chairman Nunes, N-U-N-E-S Nunes, he is the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. He had a lengthy and great interview this week with Kimberly Strassel of the um, Wall Street Journal. Kimberly Strassel has been on our show before. She's just a stellar journalist. Um, And she interviewed him out in California um, where she mentioned... uh, Tulare, California, where he's uh, from. It's only 105 degrees there, and she met with him. But she she let him talk about this whole, you know, what we've been watching in Washington, this astonishing corruption uh, that has that was uncovered, and his viewpoint, his sequence, how he saw things, how things occurred, and why, and then and let him describe it all. And her Wall Street Journal piece was brilliant. She basically talked about. Way back at the time, and she's recounting how Chairman Nunes explained to her. So she's recounting what Nunes said to her about how he saw this whole astonishing mess with the FBI unfold. But he talked about how um, he says immediately after joining the Trump transition team, he faced an onslaught of left-wing claims that he might be in cahoots with Vladimir Putin, which was crazy because... Nunes, among other people, was one was one of the people calling out the Obama administration saying, look out for the Russians. Stop being so friendly. Here's what you got to do for them. He later came to believe the act, those accusations early on when Nunes joined the Trump transition transition team uh, were the beginning of the effort, the deliberate effort by the Obama officials and the intelligence community to discredit him and to sideline him from any oversight effort. So Obama and the team early on, and this is at the point you have to recognize, Obama... And the high-level people at DOJ and FBI, they knew what they'd been doing. They knew they had, you know, tube the Hillary investigation. They had concocted a malarkey application for FISA warrants, had taken, basically taken the Russian dossier that Hillary Clinton paid for, slapped on the FBI label, applied for a FISA warrant from a FISA court, and began, and begun spying on the Trump campaign. Oh, the Obama team all knew this. But at this point, early on in the Trump presidency, or even at the, when the transition team started and into the presidency, you know, the people in Washington didn't know that. And he's pointing out, he points out in this article over and over and over the, the number of issues that involved um, the just 
irrational criticism of him. He describes seeing red flags, red flags, red flags. You know, why was the the Obama people, why were they early on him? Um, then they also had a, uh, he said he saw it as a second red flag, a sudden rush by a small group of Obama officials to produce a new intelligence assessment two weeks before President Trump's inauguration, claiming the Russians had acted in 2016 specifically to elect Trump. He thought, he said, I don't think so. Couldn't see it then. Saw, that was very, very ridiculous. He also mentioned in this interview that when James Comey came to Congress um, and talked to them in January of 2017, James Comey described this, the Russian dossier, he described a salacious, salacious, excuse me, salacious and unverified. And Comey told Congress at the time that this research, this Russian dossier, was funded by Republicans. Now, I'm going to guess Comey knew at the time he, that wasn't true, but that's what he said. This is what Nunes is saying. He said, so this is a great read to try to understand Nunes, who has just been continually under assault from the uh, American left, from the Democrat media mob. They don't want him. He, he's encountered astonishing resistance from the FBI and Department of Justice in his investigation as heading up the House Intelligence Committee, trying to get to the bottom of the actual evidentiary bottom of why did this whole investigation and spying on the Trump campaign start? And that is the question still not answered by anything we have yet seen. The public has yet seen the question still not answered to Congress. And the question, which again makes me say why we need someone of Jim Jordan's backbone heading up the House uh, as, as House Speaker. Okay, we're going to zip off to a break. We come back. I want to tell you the uh, GDP, the Someone wrote the grand domestic product. Great economic news. Why it upsets Democrats, I don't know. If you're on Facebook Live, come right back after the break. Four minutes. Hi, this is Debbie Georgiatis. If you are listening to America Can We Talk, you know that my show is dedicated to preserving the exceptional idea that is America. I want to take a minute to tell you what I mean by that. Unlike almost every other country on the planet, America's culture, our very identity, has nothing at all to do with ethnicity, race, or national origin. Instead, America is all about ideas, including the most basic idea that each of us, simply because we were born has the God-given right to live out our individual version of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness within the guardrails of the Constitution and our laws. Preserving this requires patriots in every American generation to grasp the importance of this truth, to recognize and fight back against the subtle and not-so-subtle relentless attacks on America's liberty, and to speak up for and defend the unique culture of American-style liberty. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. 
So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I love talking with you every Sunday evening. I'm just so grateful I have this opportunity to talk to you, with you every week. I want to encourage you also that um, I have a, I do a podcast during the week, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. So if you're listening on radio, thank you for listening. If you're on Facebook, you can go to my Facebook page for this radio show, the show called America Can We Talk, and on that Facebook page, I put out a podcast every Wednesday at 3. Occasionally, some additional things. When I finish working on this big project I have, I'm going to do more podcasts. But anyway, Wednesdays at 3. And also, uh, if you're listening on Facebook Live now, thank you. And we do cut out the Facebook uh, during our commercials. So uh, if you get to the end of this segment, just I'll be back in four minutes. Okay, so welcome back to America Can We Talk. I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor for this show, could not do the show without them. GC Works sponsors this show. GC Works is a Dallas-based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Very grateful for GC Works for the opportunity to get to talk with you every week about preserving this precious, extraordinary country. Okay, so we're trying something new. I have a really, really wonderful board operator, Greg, um, who... <laughs> 
is uh, is uh, setting things up for me. We'll see how we do here. But um, I and he's he's just always wonderful. But uh, I want to talk about the GDP. You saw that I'm sure the, this week that President Trump had great news, and that is GDP. Of course, you know, is a gross domestic product is simply a measure of how much we produce in this country. The value of it's a measure of the economy and measure and, and more broadly speaking, uh, measure of kind of the um, progress, the growth of our economy. So the GDP hit an all time uh, hit a great high this week. For the, It's a measure they report. And so for the second quarter, of this year of 2018, the GDP was just reported, and it, w- it hit 4.1. I want to play a clip for you, and this is my trick that uh, Greg just showed me, so we'll see if I do it. But anyway, uh, GDP hit 4.1, and here's what President Trump had to say about it. Moments ago, the numbers for America's economic growth, or GDP, were just released. And I am thrilled to announce that in the second quarter of this year, The United States economy grew at the amazing rate of 4.1 percent. We're on track to hit the highest annual average growth rate in over 13 years. And I will say this right now, and I'll say it strongly, as the trade deals come in one by one, we're going to go a lot higher than these numbers, and these are great numbers. During each of the two previous administrations, we averaged just over 1.8 percent GDP growth. By contrast, we are now on track to hit an average GDP annual growth of over 3 percent, and it could be substantially over 3 percent. Each point, by the way, means approximately $3 trillion and 10 million jobs. Think of that. Each point, you go up one point. It doesn't sound like much. It's a lot. It's $3 trillion, and it's 10 million jobs. If economic growth continues at this pace, the United States economy will double in size more than 10 years faster than it would have under either President Bush or President Obama. Perhaps one of the biggest wins in the report, and it is indeed a big one, is that the trade deficit very dear to my heart, because we've been ripped off by the world, has dropped by more than $50 billion, $52 billion to be exact. It's dropped by more than 50. Think of that. The trade deficit has dropped by more than $50 billion. And that's added and adding one point to GDP. That's a tremendous drop. We haven't had a drop like that in a long time. You have to go back a long time before you find it. Okay, so that was President Trump. I think he was speaking at the White House. I th- I'm not sure where that speech was from, but, you know, he's obviously really happy. And again, I, I think I misspoke. Someone's texting me and saying I, I misspoke. Sorry. It's 4.1% growth rate is what it was. So uh, with the reason I um, wanted to hit on this and, and talk about a little bit was especially uh, is for every listener. I sometimes get emails from listeners saying, how come you say some things are just for women? This is for everybody. But... For women, sometimes you hear women say, I don't really focus on economic issues. I don't really focus on you know business and tax rates. I focus on people. I care about people. Well, you know what? Everybody cares about people, number one. But more important, economic growth, a healthy economy is a people issue. It's a family issue. 
It's a children's issue. It's an issue that reflects and is is embodied in how healthy the economy is and therefore how healthy people are and their their comfort in life their their access to to products and services that they need to live on the whole notion of somehow that somehow in politics that you're either a you know you're a people person and you just care about people or you're a economics and business and tax rate person and you only care about those kind of things is completely silly and it's really important for women to recognize that you know this this whole um, economic measure economic growth it's part of when, why life is comfortable in America. It's part of why when you uh, have children, you have choices of places to take them uh, to, uh, you know, out to eat, choices of kinds of shoes to buy them. You have food on the table, money in your bank account to buy them the soccer shoes for next season. These are, you know, financial issues, fiscal issues are people issues. And I think that just is a, and I, I mean, it's what I'm saying may be news for a lot of people. I will tell you, okay, if you don't tell anybody, I used to vote Democrat all the way through college and law school. Okay, you heard it here. I have admitted before. I voted Democrat all the way through college and law school. I grew up in the East Coast and, you know, very liberal schools and uh, undergrad and law school. Um, and I always thought, well, I'm just, I'm so caring that I'm not onto all this business stuff. I just care about people. Well, I'm so glad as I'm grown up now, you know, it took me a couple of years after law school, realized, wait a minute. We have to be smart voters in this country. And I want to hit something about the midterm elections in a minute. But in any case, every benefit to America, the tax cuts, which are not, they're not, they're not business tax cuts, or they're not just for businesses. They're not only relevant to business or not only relevant to big evil corporations. They are people issues. They end up putting money in your wallet. They make you more able to take better care of your family, to take better care of your home, to hire people, to advance from the place that you are in life to a better place because because of having more cash to spend. So I just, I, you know, I, I, I know, and I guess I want to hit on this point now, just popping in my head, so I'm going to do it. You know, um, the midterm elections are coming up and there are people who uh, on the conservative side who tend to vote Republican, but say, but yeah, you know, but I, I don't like Trump too much. He's not my guy. Let me just tell you, elections are not about personality. It does not matter whether you don't care for his brash New York City style. I grew up in New York City. He doesn't bother me. And, you know, that, that stuff doesn't bother me. I mean, I grew up in upstate New York, but I mean, the whole New York bra- brusqueness or brashness doesn't bother me at all. The whole idea of living in this free country and having the right to choose your elected officials who have the power to make laws over you, that whole idea is dependent upon an informed electorate who makes decisions based on ideas and principles and values. Values like loving freedom, loving free markets, enabling businesses to have sufficient capital and freedom to create new products and services that 
make jobs for people, that create jobs so people have jobs to go to and collect their income and take home and put it on the table. This is what free markets are about. This is what freedom is about. And there's too much discussion in this election cycle, especially among women. Ladies, I'm getting on your case again. Yes, I am. But among women, well, I don't like President Trump too much. I don't think he's, you know, he's not as gentle as I like. We need to knock it off. President Trump is doing an extraordinary job leading this country back on the path America's supposed to be on. Back on the path of limited government, of getting Washington bureaucrats out of our faces, of freeing up dollars in the economy that end up in your wallet and your mother's wallet and your sister's wallet and your neighbor's wallet so they can live a more comfortable life. We need to stop talking about personality and look at policies. It doesn't matter who you like or don't like. Understand, if you elect a Democrat, for example, to Congress at this election cycle, you're just electing Nancy Pelosi. It doesn't matter how charming the Democrat is. If you're electing a Democrat to the Senate, you're just electing another Chuck Schumer. There is no independent voting done by any Democrat member of the U.S. House or the U.S. Congress. They just follow Democrat leadership, which will be to raise your taxes, to destroy the best health care system on earth, and create single-payer socialized medicine. That's what you're voting for. Okay, we've got to go off to a break. On Facebook, come right back in four minutes. We come back. We're going to do a little more on this. Can't wait to talk to you. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. 
Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldier is deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dream. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. Um, you know, I rarely get a chance to say thank you, and I mean to more often to Greg Lindemood, who is my board operator. The reason I want to say thank you especially is because, um, you know, I don't have radio training. It might be obvious. <laughs> I'm a lawyer by background, uh, and I, I have a, you know, a lot of political activism in my background. But um, anyway, Greg's been great in teaching me how to do different things, uh, including to play my own clips. Um, and I have a bunch of things set up, so I'm, I'm going to try that again this segment. So he's just always very helpful. I appreciate that. And actually, the next uh, several uh, weeks, I'll be doing this show from California. We are going to be out in California, and there's a studio uh Graciously, Salem makes available a studio in Oxnard, California. So I'm going to do the show from there. So Greg is in my ear, even when I'm out there in Oxnard, California, and um, losing track of the <laughs> occasionally track of the time. Very, very helpful. Anyway, I want to hit in this last um, segment of the first hour. Um, I first of all, I'm just. Um, I'm excited every time it gets to be an election season with the idea that, you know, to try to inspire people to think about elections. And as I was saying before the break, not just who has the best personality. You know, I, I have relatives who used to say, oh, I'm voting for, you know, so-and-so versus so-and-so because, you know, I think he's kind of cute. I'm like, really? I mean, we need to be smart about and, and on a very serious level, smart about preserving America, smart about preserving the precious, extraordinary experiment in liberty that America is. And it is that this experiment in liberty is directly under assault in our times. It's not like we're just watching a movie in Washington. This is this is America. We're either preserving it by the choices we make in our election cycle or we are letting it 
fall apart. And there's nothing the American left would like more. And I, by the way, I had a friend who um, called me off the show last week and said, you shouldn't say American left because, you know, the real leftists, the radical left in this country, they're not really, they're not on the American. They're, they're not in America. They are not following the American plan. They, the leftists in America are, you know, outside of the um, American um uh, Ball field, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So anyway, I just, on the economic news part, I really encourage you, if you hear women say, well, I really care about, you know, kids and, and uh, puppies more than I do uh, business news. You got to say, look, economic news is people news. So great. The economy's humming along. And, you know, it, you do have to ask yourself, why is it that the American, okay, not American left, why is it that leftists can't be happy about a good economy? I mean, you have the tax cuts bring extraordinary relief to many Americans, more money in their pockets, not the rich corporation, not that, you know, the uh, ruling elite class, but the average Joe American getting raises in at their jobs, getting uh, better benefits, getting just more jobs created, those kind of things. These are average Joe American good things. And ask yourself, why is it the left can not be happy about that? And I'll tell you the answer. The answer is because where the leader leaders of the left in America today are is no longer on the American ball field. They are not on the, the they're not on the American, you know, if you want a football analogy, they're not on the American uh, football field. They're just not. They want government-controlled economy. They want government-controlled health care and banking system and every single way in which regulation or government can in some way control people. This is the left-wing goal. So when Donald Trump comes along and proves that tax cuts help people. Tax cuts make the economy better. Regulatory reduction makes businesses have better success. When all of that is happening in front of them, what he's doing is not just, you know, happening to succeed by some extraordinary, you know, fluke. It is because he's proving that the principal ideas that founded America, the principal ideas of free markets, actually work. They make life better. And this is what bothers the leftists so much. So, okay, I'm done with that topic, but I really do encourage you to think about that. Okay, I want to talk about Facebook briefly. Um, here I'm doing this show on Facebook Live. Again, if you're watching Facebook Live, we have to go to commercials. When we do, we're always back in four minutes. It's a two-hour show on Sundays. But Facebook, which I am so grateful that was invented. I mean, I have caught up with college friends, law school friends, high school friends, my cousins in Minnesota. We have a huge family in Minnesota. I see my cousins. I mean, I enjoy the connection of Facebook, but Facebook has become very political. And Facebook has been extremely unwilling to be uh, neutral with respect to many, um, you know, like this show. This show is is going out on Facebook Live right now. And my podcast got on Facebook Live. And we've had some, some of my podcast been blocked by Facebook. I mean, it wouldn't or wouldn't let us, I don't don't even know. Fortunately, I hired someone way smarter than I am on social media and she takes care of these things, but we've had them fussing with me over trying to share these podcasts because it's political. Well, yeah, I I mean, I'm not hiding it. it. Yes, this show is very political. I'm advocating for 
America. I'm advocating for liberty in America. But Facebook um, has encountered some challenges this last week. And Mark Zuckerberg, um, you know, the CEO, I guess he's CEO and president, whatever his title is, of Facebook. You know, he's a gazillion billionaire. Um, he lost $15.1 billion in five minutes this week. $15.1 billion. I, We had an event at our house yesterday, um, and we, a speaker was... I don't know, he was off on some other topic. But anyway, he made some, yeah, it goes, happens to all of us. Yeah. But anyway, obviously the guy lost a fortune, but he lost it because Facebook has been engaged in in manipulating, in you know, deciding which is offensive and can't be shared, which is offensive and can't be posted. And so he they've been engaged in political um you know, censoring is a word you're supposed to use when the government does it. That's what censoring is when the government's the one manipulating. But just just not letting people post things on Facebook that disagree with the left-wing agenda in America, the left-wing radical viewpoint. And so Zuckerberg is finally catching up with him because Facebook, as you know, it's free to get an account. It's free to have your page where they make money is advertising. And if people start to get upset because they can't get Facebook to they can't get make the revenue they want because Facebook's not cooperating, then they end up in trouble. And I want to just um, share. So Zuckerberg lost a bunch of money. This is good. Um, I, I will say there's two things I want to hit about that. Um, it's not just Facebook, but it is Twitter, which is also wonderful. Twitter's a great way to communicate with people. If you want to follow me, I'm at Debbie Can We Talk on Twitter. Love having you do that. But uh, Twitter is also engaged in a lot of manipulation, a lot of, um, you know, uh, blocking people, shadow banning is their new thing. YouTube, same thing. YouTube, all this social media stuff, YouTube is doing it too. The Dennis Prager videos, brilliant videos, persuading millions of people in the world to rethink issues, to understand issues better. So anyway, Twitter, uh, I want to play one little quick um, quick clip related to Twitter because uh, Twitter has been especially egregious in not only uh, banning people or putting you on timeout, you get blocked for a week or a month on timeout for a bad behavior, and it's always the conservatives who are the bad ones. It's not the liberals. It's just conservative viewpoints. But in any case, uh, Devin Nunes, the same congressman we were talking about earlier, uh, was interviewed by Maria Bartoloma. Bar- Bartoloma? I'm not sure how I say her name. Anyway, interviewing him about the shadow banning on Twitter. I want to uh, let you hear what he said. President tweeted about it. Do you think social media is censoring uh, conservative views and conservative uh, speakers? Yeah, you know what? I didn't even. I did. I had no idea what shadow banning even was. I had, I had absolutely no clue. I, I had over, over so for several months. People had been contacting me saying that, hey, I tried to find you on on Twitter. I, you know, I couldn't find your account. Uh, why is that? Uh, and then you had a, a report that came out where, in fact, there were four people in the House of Representatives and, and the only four politicians in the country, the elected officials that were being, quote unquote, well, they don't call it shadow banning, but effectively we were getting caught up in some type of trap right. to where people couldn't see our Twitter feed. That was that was uh, Mr. Gates, right. Mr. Meadows, Mr. Jordan, and myself. Okay. So I, I don't know what Twitter's up to. Uh, it sure looks to me like they're censoring people mm. and they ought, to, they ought to stop it. Mr. And we're looking at any legal... Uh, uh, remedies that we can go through. Okay. That la- First of all, that was fabulous. 
fabulous that a person, um, a, you know, Congressman Nunes, as you as you can hear, he's been pretty darn brave. He is speaking up all sorts of ways and uh, just not being bullied and silenced by the leftists in this country who are really stridently trying to shut down the conservative message and the conservative movement. In fact, I wanted to share something with you. Uh, Peter Thiel, uh, the billionaire investor, he spoke. He spoke recently at a Turning Point USA conference. Love Turning Point USA. Great group. A Turning Point USA conference in which he said that the Silicon Valley, you know, where all these people are located in California, Silicon Valley, one-party culture, he compared it to North Korea. He said, it is a place, it, 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 he said, he spoke to this raucous crowd, and he basically said um, it's tr- that the Silicon Valley is turning into an authoritarian state like North Korea due to rampant political correctness that's stifling the sharing of ideas. I love that. I love that it's being pointed out. And I also love what you just heard Congressman Yunus say, you know, maybe we're going to have to do something about this. Now, I'm I'm big into I don't want government control over things. I, I want free people to work things out. I would like to have what Facebook, I hope, learned a little lesson. You know, if your advertisers start cutting back because they don't like your censoring, maybe learn the lesson that way. That is kind of the free market way to teach that lesson. But I do say in America today, we think of how you communicate. How do you get people to hear your message? You need the Internet. You, everyone or most people rely, if they're in the media world, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. And if those three entities, and maybe the other similar ones, I don't use other ones as much, but those three, if those three, if there's a stranglehold by leftists in this country to say conservative messages will not be heard, they will not be aired, you will be punished, you will be silenced, if you, if that's what they're going to be doing, there does need to be some action from Washington, and I don't like it. I don't want it to be the case. I hope it could be uh, minimal in some way, maybe in some way akin or similar to the way Washington tries to control or to not ha- uh, permit monopolies to occur. But the idea that you know this is this is kind of like if every newspaper in America, well, as many of them are, but if there was entire control over the newspaper industry in this country by a small gaggle of left wingers somehow we find a way to say no actually we get to have free speech and you guys gotta stop controlling it okay i'm gonna zip off the break if you're on facebook come back in four minutes i'm debbie george s this is america can we talk we come back after the break we're going to do our cruise to the news we have a great guest joining us at 7 15 come right back